This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. This is Topher. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. Charlie just asked if we we're in person. This is for Heritage Round. We thought we'd do an old school version of Topher. There's no videos. There's no computers. It's just you and I at a table with a leaf blower going outside in the suburbs. In the suburbs. In the same house. In the suburbs. Still not in the Topher studio. Still no. haven't recorded an episode in the Topher studio. <laughs> what a great investment that was. <laughs> how many? How many months have you had that studio going now? Well, pretty much. Uh, oh, a year. It's, yeah. it's been a year. Uh, you know, we use some of our Patreon funds to invest in. You know, I stripped the walls and and you know bought some new equipment, got some cameras. And some I mean, it looks good and... your end. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like our videos have looked really great your end, and then my end has just been a veritable cornucopia of different background locations it's the equivalent of like if the new batman film they had filmed robert pattinson's scenes like he just had shot it in his hotel room in the batman mask but all the sets the million dollar sets had been filmed somewhere else i that that has been me doing all of my press basically like you know for the last i don't know at least like six months but on wednesday last week so uh i had guys installing an entire new air conditioning system in the roof of the house so they had to basically be up in the roof they're like taking bits off the roof they're like and you know one of those jobs where they're like it'll take half a day and then 6 30 at night they're still there just shaking their heads and muttering to themselves and you're like my house has made your day heaps more shit than you thought it was going to be but you being here all day has also made my day heaps more shit than you thought it was going to be because i'm trying to juggle two dogs like they've got doors open everywhere so i have to like have the dogs in contained areas where i can be but i also was doing an entire day of gruen press so at one stage the only place that i could get uh, any reception where i was away from the noise was in our bedroom but in our bedroom like the only place Here or no up north right. and in our bedroom the only place that you can get reception is if you're in the furthest corner of the bedroom so like real um what's that uh what's the original found footage movie like Blair Witch Bla- real Blair Witch project vibes because I am just like I'm in shaking. a corner staring at the wall like in the furthest corner just like up against the wall and like having to stand up because there was nowhere to see it so like I've got a stand up microphone so it feels like I'm doing the world's <laughs> Like I basically, it's Blair Witch Project live stand up. They just in <laughs> the corner <laughs> to a wall, <laughs> will in the wall in a duo as I was doing all this. So press. how were you getting your computer height to, to standing height? Um, the old mate Chester, Chester drawers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. So the computer's on the Chester drawers, and then I'm on a stand up mic in the corner, just like doing all my interviews and. It's fair to say, probably had a different energy. Yeah. Like, because when you're standing up and you're doing radio interviews, you're still bringing Formal. some real, 
No, I'm bringing, I was bringing some real stand-up vibes. All oh, right, like yeah, some yeah. real lots energy, of hands energy and energy. Your body. And yeah, like, right. Did you give yourself an introduction? Had some firm opinions. You know him. You love him. <laughs> Fuck it. I am him. <laughs> Here he is on Radio National. <laughs> Will Anderson. That's hilarious. Oh. It's funny how like we've just accepted that production values have slipped because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be... You'd be Ours like, have remained pretty constant. Yeah, we were ahead of the game. <laughs> we were way out of the game. But you'll watch like a news yeah. program now and they'll cross yeah. live to their correspondent yeah. and he's in a shitty hotel room. It's not a great mm. connection. No, he's on some Zoom connection. He's talking through his like speakers in his headphones. Yeah. And you're like... Even we thought this wasn't good enough quality for the podcast and now this is like mainstream news. But it's weird that we just accepted it. It's like yeah. we're, so, someone can do an interview now on their phone. Like I've seen a few like footy programs where like the player will have his phone and he'll be moving the phone mm. around. He's obviously sitting in bed and he's trying to like balance the phone on his lap. And it's like we just accepted that. Okay, mm. we're going to go... We're going to go backwards to go forwards to make it more convenient for us to keep doing the media that you like. But not even just the media. I was uh, talking to my therapist on on Friday and he is moving house and we were doing like I was, you know, it was a Zoom call, which it is most of the time. Uh, but... Uh, he, he, he kept like turning himself upside down and oh like, so I'm like Something in the middle a, of some, like some, re- <laughs> some revelation and like, I'm like, has this literally turned you upside down or have you just had to, and he, then he turned his phone up the other way and you're just like, I guess this is just the world we live in now. I, that's interesting. I'm thinking about going back into therapy and part of my resistance or hesitancy is like, well, we'll most likely have to be via Zoom and I don't know if that's what I want from therapy. Like my original therapist, I think I've talked about this before. Like I loved her. We had a great relationship, helped me a lot, but then she broke up with me. She's like, I'm taking a job in Adelaide. And so she gave me two options of we can continue to do this via zoom, or I can recommend someone else. Mm. And she was saying, I want to recommend someone else because, well, cause I actually think I said, when she said that, I was like, no, no, I don't, let's keep doing it. I'll, I'll do it on zoom. And mm. she was like, well, that answer to me suggests that, you know, maybe you should go to someone else. The fact that you are so feeling so like needing to hang on to me, I think it'd be healthy for you to, to find someone else. Right. And so I did, I, I saw another therapist and he was great, but now I'm sort of at a point where it's like, oh, I need a bit of a tune up and I want to find someone. But I feel like, like when I pay for a massage, you know, like I, I will go top end because I want to have the full experience of like, well, I'm paying money for this. I want. I honestly I thought you treat- just meant top end of your body. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm paying for a massage, I just I'm want not- my chin <laughs> to my eyebrows. <laughs> like, That's it. <laughs> I'll wear a t-shirt and yeah. I say, don't touch anywhere below the t-shirt. <laughs> I'm just going to come in in a suit of armor, yeah. but just with the helmet off. So you can massage just that area. <laughs> no, I want the full, like I want to feel like I'm getting value for uh-huh. money. And I feel like, if I'm doing it via Zoom, you know, she or he could be, or they could be like, you know, got a fidget spinner off camera or, you know, their kids are in the background or they've got like, you know, the cricket on or something like that. Uh, yeah, but also you do. Yeah. So I oh, think... Yeah, yeah, I'm not concentrating either. No. So, but I don't mind that. I actually okay. think that it's... I feel like when I'm there in person, like, you know, you chat to them about life and the world and what there's a lot of warming up there's a lot of there's a fine line between yeah like you know starting a conversation and then getting into the therapy of it at least in my experience often if i'm in person with a therapist you start with just sort of 
how's your, how's your week been? Yeah. You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then at some stage you're like, oh, we're in it. You know, like when you're doing a podcast and you don't realise they've started recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what like therapy's like in real life. You're like, oh, this is it, is it? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start being funnier. <laughs> I'm talking about my father all of a sudden. <laughs> how do we get to that point? But um, I find on the Zoom, I just jump in. Because I've got the same, it's like a meeting. Yep. Like, you know, the scheduled time. The thing that you miss, by the way, yes, now you can hear the leaf blower in the background. Because I'd made the decision early on that I would shut the door and so the leaf blower wouldn't be there. And then the dogs were at the door and so I opened the door. So now I don't know whether I should actually be shutting that door. Nah, I reckon again. leave it open. That's I all right. Give people the full experience. Okay. I mean, it's not that, it's not bothering me. So if it's bothering the listeners. Well, I mean,. We are the captains of this ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Are there more than... Are there, is there any ship that has two captains? <laughs> I mean, I would imagine you could have co-captains of a ship, right? But there'd be one who has to make the call. Why? Well, when the ship goes but, down, one of them but, has to say, we're abandoning ship. You yeah, can't have but, two... Because one guy says, no, we're not abandoning ship. Yeah. And then they're stuck. <laughs> I the mean, I guess like, like umpires in the footy, there's like a senior umpire... But at the same time, they're all empowered the- though. The other ones to make the final call. Like you can have a you can have an umpire who's not in the zone uh. make a decision from the middle of the ground and overrule the. Yeah, so I guess that's like your two captains though, because your captain's got to sleep. Yeah, I you guess. can't like be a twenty four seven captain. But you like wake the captain's the captain occasion- up and say the ship's going down. Do we send? Out yeah, the but you only wake him up if the ship's going down. You need somebody in the meantime to be making the whole range of decisions before the ship's coming down. Before you wake up, the captain would be my suggestion. Yeah, but I don't feel like I feel like there's got to co- be a night captain. But we will make decisions together. Yeah, but if this was a ship, yeah, what we SS would have to do. <laughs> It's not the Titanic Tofop. Yeah, surely we'll sink Tofop. <laughs> if this was a ship, and we, we'd go in shifts. We wouldn't both do the day shift and then pop off to bed and then just leave no one in charge. Yeah. Like, and we would be empowered to make decisions on each other's... But like, you wouldn't have to wake up me at three o'clock in the morning if the ship was going down to... I guess, if, I mean, that's, well, no, but maybe what if it's a 50-50 mm. like or like, so they, you know, the, 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 the I don't know, what's it, is there a driver of a pilot of the ship <laughs> that says, hey, uh, yeah. look, we, we're, the radar's telling us we're heading towards an iceberg. Mm. We don't think we have a way around it. We may hit it and it's mm. fine, but we could probably abandon ship. Mm. I think if I was the captain on duty, I would still want to wake up and go, look, yeah. man, like this I'd be like, I've got a plan. We fucking jump it. <laughs> <laughs> we go faster. It's the speed protocol. Speed up. <laughs> we use this. Because, I mean, let's be honest. What's the tip of an iceberg? It's a fucking ramp. That That's what true. it actually is. Yeah. You know what we do, guys? We floor this shit and we use this iceberg as a fucking ramp. I mean, I haven't seen, seen speed too, but yeah. I do know it's shit set on a cruise liner. Yeah. Is that what they did? Yeah, there's a scene where they use an iceberg as a ramp. I mean, what was the plot? I mean, Speed 1, perfect yeah. film. Like, it's fantastic. What a simple concept. You get on a bus and you can't slow down. It's a great concept for an action film. Yeah. But what was the plot of Speed 2? If you had to guess what the plot of Speed 2 was, what would you say? Um, they're on a boat. Then there's a bomb on the boat and the boat can't go under 40 knots or the bomb will explode. I actually can't remember what the plot of Speed 2 is. Every time I try to think of the plot of Speed 2, all I think of is the plot of Under Siege, which is a completely different movie. So, okay, do you remember there was a, a colon as a subtitle? Gee, that that is getting really loud in the background now, though, <laughs> isn't it? Is, what, are, what are we... 
What do we think? Right, let's shut the door. Oh, okay. This captain. We'll see. This is what the right. captains are doing. This is yeah. the iceberg that's heading towards the SS. Yeah, that's better. I must admit. See, this is why you need two captains. Yeah, but that's okay. The two captains can get together. It would be rare, I think. If you just got up and shut the door, I wouldn't have been like, hey, <laughs> you should have consulted me on that. Yeah, and if you were in bed and I had to decide whether the door should be open or shut, I wouldn't have like gone off. Like, I ran it by you because you were here. Right. But, like, if you were, like, in bed asleep, I wouldn't be like, I'm waking Charlie up to see if I should <laughs> shut the door or not. That sounds like, I mean, that's when the relationship is like, I think it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. Will feels like he needs to ask Charlie's permission on whether or not he can shut a door. Yeah. Okay, so speed two, uh, uh, who was it? Who was the Jason star? Patrick took over Jason from Keanu, Patrick. who you'd know from The Lost Boys uh-huh. and... Nothing else. Sleepers? Okay. Um... And Sandra Bullock came back. But uh-huh. it was speed to colon. Cruise control. Cruise control. Well done. Okay, so it was made in 97, so f- uh-huh. uh, four years after the original. Uh, same director, John DeBont, uh, Jason Patrick, and who was the villain? What actor played the villain? Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> no, that's no, that was under the um, uh, who did play the villain? He's, he fantastic actor, mm-hmm. um, character actor, but he you know he's a big star. Mm-hmm. Often plays villains. Has been a villain in a, in a tentpole superhero film, mm. one of the er- earlier ones. Uh, Jeremy Irons. No, okay, I'll do an impression of him. Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Christopher Walker. No, he's an well, he's an actor who walks nimbly between art house and mainstream. He's he's got Steve one, Buscemi. Now. He kind of talks like this, and uh, he's got big teeth, and uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Willem Dafoe. Was <laughs> that a good impression? <laughs> well, it got me there, so I'm okay. going to say, yeah, I guess it was. And the fact that I named the, the lead character from the film he was in, that probably I mean, yeah, that part of the impression was the bit that made it most compelling, I must admit. <laughs> okay, so the simple one-line plot uh. is they are trapped aboard a cruise ship, um, uh, that gets hijacked. Okay. Okay. Uh, and they work with the ship's first officer to try and stop it. After they discover it's been pre-programmed to crash into an oil tanker. So your first officer sounds like they're probably the That's next the driver charge. of the ship. Yeah. That we were saying. <laughs> yeah. The boat driver. Hey, driver. Uh, so Jan de Bont, the director, yeah. had the idea for the film after he had a recurring nightmare about uh, Keanu Reeves not reco- returning for a shit sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, he had a recurring nightmare about a cruise ship crashing into an island. Uh-huh. Speed star Keanu Reeves was initially supposed to reprise his role as Jack yep. Traven for the sequel, but decided not to commit after and was replaced by Patrick before filming. So people often say about Keanu, he mm. seems dumb. I think Keanu has consistently made very smart career choices his entire life. I mean, he's been a movie star for, what, 30, almost 30 years? And you yeah. don't do that by accident. No, and he, like, I mean, he, he's had franchises. Like, people would have been at the time, like, this is your opportunity. This yeah. could be your franchise. Yeah, you can retire. And yet he went and did The Matrix and he went and did John Wick and he has all these other franchises yeah. post this. But you can that... have a Keanu-verse, for sure. Keanu-verse, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Let's start a Keanu-verse, like a theme park. 
Oh, oh! So, so you can literally Ted just land, go and Matrix Land, John Wick Land. Yeah, you just go in. Date an age-appropriate woman land. Yeah, <laughs> like have different look, like yeah. just different looks. You got your bearded kind of John Wick uh, look. You got your skinhead Jack Traven look. Yes, I, I mean go to absolutely one hundred percent. If you told me there was like an amusement park, like, where in, like in Sweden or something, one of those weird things. It's like there's a theme park that's entirely Keanu Reeves themed. Well. You can go on a Rizzo coaster. If you would, if there was like a John Wick, you know, style, S- uh, like virtual a reality paintball thing. Yeah, right? we'd go in with a gun and just headshots. I'd do that. Oh my god, I would pay so much money to do that. like a dead that. puppy before yeah. you walk in, just to get you motivated. <laughs> I'd fucking go and I'd shoot everyone in that motherfucking warehouse. <laughs> you am your dead puppy, you sick fucks. Yeah, but I, I, I love that because I've been on those rides, like the Harry Potter one or the Terminator one, and you know those sort of. Like the idea that it was a John Wick one, they just strap you that. And Bill and Ted's one would be amazing. Oh it's like God. a roller coaster. You get in a yes. phone booth and they shoot you down these tubes, and then you pop out yes. and there's like crates. You can oh go over. Oh my God! Like yes. Playing and he's like, and you've got to, you know, talk to him and communicate. And you play some Van Halen for him and stuff like that. Well, does it have to be like some... an escape room? A Bill and Ted's escape room? Yeah, but could it be Keanu Universal Studios? <laughs> Do you remember? I'd have to work on how to pronounce it, but you can see what I'm doing yeah. there. Uh, because, like, why yeah, not in LA? Yeah. That's what I, like, because I don't want to have to go to some weird foreign country to, like, have them actually kill a puppy. I'm like, you could have just done this in virtual reality as well. The whole yeah. whole rest of the game's virtual reality, and they're like, no, we kill a real puppy <laughs> yeah, every it's time. very important. That is the rule of our country. I'm like, there would be enough, I think, in LA alone, if you said there was like a now, like a part of Universal Studios was Keanu, Keanu Universal Studios. Keanu Universal Studios. And it was just all like virtual reality and like roller coasters and experiences. And there'd be a little museum as well, yeah. a bit more respectful where you can go through and it's like, you know, they play that kind of stirring music. And it's like Keanu was born in Ontario in 1959. Yeah, I absolutely believe that there'd be like different, like so... You know, there'd be like little districts and whatever. So the yeah. cafes are themed like, yeah. you know, that particular thing. So yeah. there's that for, there's the, the Bondi my years. Own, my when own he was, private cafe or yeah. something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Same sex burgers. <laughs> but I was going to say, yeah, themed on all his stuff, but also just themed on aspects of his life. Like yeah. you can skip over some of the uncomfortable stuff. Like mm. you don't have to live his trauma every day. Yeah. But like the time. like park benches where you could be like the same yeah, just, and me. Just yeah. eat your sandwich. A cinema. On your you own. can go in and there's a kid who like asks for your autograph. You just live these Keanu moments. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking more like, you know, he had his Bondi years right. when he was out here oh, filming the Matrix. the Matrix. Is that and where he lived in Bondi? I don't know if he lived, oh. but he definitely hung out at like Sababa and like on Hall Street yeah. and stuff back I in the day. I saw the movie when, ticket. He came into the movie cinema. Yeah. So in. I think he's like, there'd be just like a little Eastern suburbs of Sydney themed area yeah. where you could just go and get like a, you know, some food and whatever and just like eat some falafel and yeah. a, like an American version of Sababa. Probably reading some like 18th century poetry. <laughs> oh yeah, a whole like bunch that. of his books are yeah. just like randomly around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could definitely get into that. Oh. The Keanu-verse. I mean, they have like Graceland and stuff. So like, why couldn't you have a Keanu-versal studios? Yes, absolutely. Why couldn't you and why couldn't we be the people who start it? 
how would you even approach that? You go to his agent and say you need an investor. You need like we want to go there. We need to go and get some angel investment first. Yeah, and I am right across this because I've been watching the Josh and Gordon Levitt uh, series, super pumped about the creation of Uber, and he is like the dude Travis or whatever his name is is the dude behind Uber is the evil movie version of Zuckerberg and right. uh, Bezos and all these sort of guys. He's the guy who came up wanting to be in the Is same he a league. Tech bro, like a Yeah, totally. Right. And like an absolute like like I mean Uber is the greatest fucking like pyramid scheme of all time basically really right like the people at the top get super rich but the company's never made any money and it exploits its fucking drivers on every level and it's like it went into you know places and broke laws everywhere and whatever it's like it's fucking so, like it's so compelling mm. but now i know how it's done so okay great we, it's awesome yeah. so i don't have you completely unscrupulous it's also been a real how-to guide of the idea that if you just get like if you are passionate enough about your idea and you just won't be stopped that you can achieve anything. So I think we can achieve Keanu Versal well, Studios. You're Keanu Reeves yeah. for a moment. Imagine okay. that. And so your yeah. agent comes to you and says, we have a serious big money offer. Yeah. And they want to do this Keanu-verse, Keanu Versal yeah. Studios. Yeah. It's going to be a mix of like rides and a museum and virtual reality and people can play your famous characters and stuff. Like, is there an element of you that's like, this seems tacky and cheap and, you know, trading mm. off something that, you know, or is there a way that you can view it as go, well, this could be like, as long as I have creative control and approval, this mm. is like a pretty amazing legacy. Like, do you go with it? Interesting. Probably if, not. If, if you're going to get this creative control, yeah. it's not going to be tacky. Like they want to do the best possible job, but like, it's a tremendously narcissistic thing to lend your name to, isn't it? I think that you would want silent creative control because I wouldn't want people to know that I was like involved in it. I wouldn't want them trading off my name. But so it's I'd not also, like Dollywood or anything like that. But I'd also want approval over right. everything. So like, you know, the, so if it was me, like if like clearly it's never going to happen, but like if yeah. someone came to me and said, look, we've got this idea, Will Anderson Extended Universe, like, you know, theme park. So like people will be able to go in and like, you know, pretend to be the host of Gruen or they'll go and do some stand-up comedy or they'll go and do a like a podcast with like, you know, Charlie. In the background. <laughs> with a leaf We've got a couple of dogs. <laughs> you sit down in this little crappy <laughs> studio with his two like, you know, wonky mic stands yeah. and you start talking a guy with a leaf blower. Just, just comes in. Comes in. <laughs> we release two dogs, alive dogs, <laughs> by the way. The, well, what a difference to uh, Bulliverse to the In fact, we, we saved these dogs from a very unscrupulous Keanu verse in Romania. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I would be, if it were to happen, I think that you'd want, like, yeah, you'd want approval of the scenarios. Yeah. Like, I think that that would be the, the scenario, I guess. That but would, would you feel awkward about, so, you know, when they're coming to do the yeah. Will Museum or the Keanu Museum? Yeah where this is like the earnest, yeah. you know, they're going to talk about where you're born and, you know, your influences and stuff like yeah. that. Like they're all going to be kind of glowing tributes and yeah. stuff. Like how do you tread that line between, you want it to be authentic mm -hmm. and honest, yeah. but at the same time it's here to pay homage. So you're compromised in a way, like giving approval over that, you are inclined to 
gloss over things, right? And well, I mean, I think if somebody's making an amusement park based on your entire existence, then yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what is it I guess I'm more curious about what that exercise. It's not like, like when you go to Disneyland, they take you into a room of anti-Semitism <laughs> to get yeah. into the head of Walt Disney. Do you know what I mean? Like you're allowed to gloss over some of the the sharper edges, but it's kind of like having it's like, but it's like being present at your own eulogy because yeah. they're going to be saying all these wonderful things about you. And I just think it would be. I think there's a reason why you, you shouldn't be around. I mean, I don't think that it would be healthy for Keanu no. to go. But, like, oh yeah, but the point. fact that it exists doesn't... It, like, I mean, he's a movie star. Those things... Yeah. Like, he exists in people's imaginations regardless of, you know, the life that he lives. Like, the Keanu that people think that Keanu is is not Keanu Reeves. Like, it's not who he sees when he looks in the mirror every day. It's not... So, he already lives in that, you know, altered... In fact, he's maybe almost the one you could convince to do it not for him because he's got more money than he'll ever need in his entire life but mm. like if you said we've worked out that we can like save every like starving child in tanzania for every year like we're going to set up the best way for, we've like looked at we had this huge problem like you know all these people are dying we need this much money a year to be able to like save these lives and we tried to charity raise we've started gofundmes we've done all these events there is no way we can raise this money other than we've done the projected budget on what we'll make on keanu versal studios and your portion of that will be enough every year to have like you know tanzania be completely free of poverty i think that keanu reeves would be like whoa <laughs> You'd be disappointed if he wasn't. Like, in that angel investment meeting, when you pitch the idea to him, if he doesn't say, whoa, you'd be like, oh, fuck it, the deal's off. Come on, do The deal's yeah. off, mate. We well, set this up just to hear that one word. Well, that's part of it, by the way. The part of what I've learned from this guy behind Uber is, like, regardless of the situation you're in in a meeting, you've got to get up at some stage and storm out and say the deal's off. Oh, really? That was very much part of his negotiating tactics. So I was telling to Jim the other day, that I read this interview with Matt Damon and he was talking about yeah. roles. Crypto and how good no, it no. is. <laughs> no, it was, it was roles that he had turned down uh -huh. that he regretted or whatever. Yeah. And apparently he was offered Avatar. Yeah. And I think he'd just done The Martian and was like, oh, do I want to do two like Spaceman movies? Yeah. And they offered him like a big chunk of the back end. And if he had taken it, he would have made like 150 million. Yep. And it's like that decision still sort of keeps him up at night. Yeah. And I said to Jim, but he's doing fine, Matt yeah. Damon. Like it's worth about $250 million. You reckon? I recently did some research oh, okay. to see how Matt, because I was... Oh, about the crypto. Yeah, about yeah, the yeah. crypto thing. And I was like, how much money does Matt Damon need? And then I thought, I should find out how much money... Million. That's they reckon he has about a wealth of about $250 well, million. Dollars. Yeah. I mean, the Bourne films would be... Yeah, that's his yeah. big cash cow. But then to think he could have made an extra 100 uh, plus whatever he would have got uh, for the season. Here's what I'm going to say. 250 million is enough. <laughs> that's what I was saying to Jim. Like, yeah. Would it significantly change his life? But maybe he's going to like end poverty in Tanzania. Yeah, he maybe. But like, I think he should, projects Yeah, you stuff. know what? I, that, I, that was part of my research right, was, okay. is he using this crypto money for some good thing? Because I was like trying to find a reason to justify You want to keep that, liking Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, and I really, at the end of my research, could not keep oh, liking Matt no. Damon. Well, what I was your conclusion then? Why do you think he just for money, just to make money? I believe so. And I believe that... Um, 
Yeah, who knows? Like, you never know what someone's actual real financial situation is. The internet doesn't necessarily know what Matt Damon's real financial situation is. He might have some pet project that it's all going to. Val, but Val Kilmer's push and Jim Carrey are pushing NFTs online. I saw that. A lot of celebrities. I mean, Larry David did a Super Bowl ad for crypto. Right. I. It's a legal product, and I guess people, you know, might get caught up in the... His, I have a lot of cynicism towards it, and mostly that is based on me reading about it <laughs> and learning about it yeah. and seeing how quickly it can like crash and my biggest fear about cryptocurrencies is not that some people won't get incredibly rich out of them of course they already have and so they will continue to but the more that there is gold in them there hills mm. like the more that big companies come in and you know like pre-existing rich people come in and the way that they earn more and more money is to take it out of the pockets of poor people who don't know how to manage their finances in the same way so for every story about somebody who makes a whole bunch of money on cryptocurrency who's like that's like winning the lottery and then like the rich will get richer and the poor will get fucked over and that's my problem with all these things is like the, Mm. the these are rich people like my problem wouldn't be that Matt Damon buys an NFT or invests in crypto company currency, whatever. Who the fuck cares about that? My problem is when a rich person who already has enough money tries to convince poor people who don't have enough money that this is their lottery ticket out of poverty. Yeah, which is why you're seeing like I don't know how many ads you get tagged in now or tweets, but there's just crypto every day. I get like four or five. I'm tagged into something. It's like fucking hell. Like obviously some data mining company has sold all these details and now i'm just getting loaded with all these like crypto Gemma has a crypto account yeah her dad was way into it and Gem's dad's a bit of a kind of like he's always lived outside of like societal norms yeah. and he was like it's anarchy man yeah i love it we're gonna bring down the banks and so he was just bombarding yeah. Gem with all this info <laughs> so she was she did really well for a while yeah. and then there's been a big crash obviously but we're in a different situation. We have money that we can dabble yeah, in like a high risk investment. Again, that's your gambling money. Like, yeah. I mean, people go, is it any different to the stock market? I'm like, not really, to be honest. But the stock market's also horrible and corrupt. And mm. it, it, the only difference is that the stock market, the thing that they're all speculating on, most of them are real things. They're businesses, they're companies, they're entities, like that, you know, like yeah. that at least exist. Whereas in crypto, we're literally just, you're just betting on the, value of like nothing Mm. and as long as you can convince other people that your nothing is worth something then they will value your something and you can sell your nothing to them and then suddenly it's worth something that's the entire creative industry i mean that's what you're always trying to do it's Mm. like i always say about movie making because you know you'll try and put together a project and sales agents will say well if you can get this name and this name then that's worth this much and i often look at those evaluations and go this is just like alchemy. This is witchcraft. Mm. Like none of this is real. Like you're saying, oh, if you get this actor, then we can give you this much money because we'll get a guarantee. No, there's no guarantee return no. on investment. Like there are five bankable stars in the entire world, you know, like The Rock, Tom Cruise, who, you know, I think Matt Damon for a while was a bankable star, but now that's not guaranteed anymore. So you are just looking for a reason to feel okay about giving us your money. <laughs> like, but let's not pretend that this is a guarantee. And, you know, we think this is a better actor yeah. and we should use this guy. But you go, oh, you know, we've done the numbers, you know, we've checked his star rating on IMDb. Yeah, trust me, like it doesn't matter. It's, it's better that you make a better film. Yeah. And you've got more likely for it to have sust- sustained success. Than, well, it's oh, the same get thing. that guy from that reality show because people know who he is. It's the same warning they have at the end of every, you know, super ad for a super fund, which is that past results 
don't guarantee yes. future results, right? Yeah. And that is the same with any of those hypothetical things. Like, you know, and it's the same with cryptocurrency. Just because it has done well previously doesn't guarantee that it will continue to do well into the future. Like, there are plenty of things in our society that operate on that principle. Mm. In fact, most things in our society operate on that principle. Like, so often Money I think... real. <laughs> I think the mistake we make is thinking that things will be the same in the future as they were in the past, right? Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, I mean, the, the producers of Speed 2. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Like, that, that's good. The producers it's amazing two, that we've actually made it back to Speed 2, <laughs> but somehow we really naturally did. I actually did because I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Someone had said, well, yeah. Jason Patrick mm. equals one. Right. Look at, these, look at these Lost Boys numbers. Yeah. Or, I mean, what? And Sandra Bullock's the real star of this franchise anyway. 100%. Okay. So. He decided not to come back. The writers have to rework the script. By the way, Sandra Bullock, speaking of bankable stars, oh, yeah. I think she's still probably... Like, people watch Sandra Bullock movies still. And I watched this movie that she's made recently called The Lost World. Uh, or is that the Lost Channing Tatum? Channing, Channing Tatum, Tatum. Brad Pitt making an incredibly funny cameo. Yeah, right. I love when Brad Pitt does comedy. And, like, I think he has... When he nails it, he has incredible comedic chops. Mm. And... This is a good example of that. It is a very lightweight. So the the premise of the film is she's a she's a, a like a historian slash romance writer, mm. right? So she writes these kind of like you know Indiana Jones style like, like romance. Jewel of the Nile. That's like Captain yeah. Turner's character. Okay, yeah. cool. And then so Channing Tatum is the model from the front of the books, the right. Fabio basically of this scenario, who kind of thinks that he can do all the things that the action adventurer, but absolutely cannot. He's like a model, right? Like he's just like literally a guy who puts on, she writes all these things, but you know, all the fans think that he is actually the character. And anyway, Brad Pitt plays like a real version of the hero, the hero. Right. And it is fucking hilarious. Like it's re just a really, it's like, you know I've what? seen the ads for it. Did you see it in the movies or in a On a plane. And okay. I would say perfect plain movie. Right. Like not probably good enough that you would go to the movies, certainly not really good enough that you'd sit down and watch it consistently yeah. without doing something else at home, but like a really good plain movie. I think this was, from memory, she wasn't America's sweetheart yet because she did like Demolition Man Speed. Uh -huh. And then she entered like romantic comedy, like while you were sleeping. And that was kind of like mm -hmm. her pretty woman moment. Also, maybe she was a star at this mm -hmm. stage. Um, all right, so production took place on Seaborn Legend, which is a real ship. Uh, the final scene in which the ship crashes... Oh, spoilers. <laughs> speed to cruise control. The final scene in which the ship crashes into the island of St. Martin cost almost a quarter of the budget mm -hmm. and set records as the largest most expensive stunt ever filmed. I have never seen Speed 2. Wouldn't the producers be so happy to know that they spent a quarter of their budget on the biggest stunt ever filmed and I have no idea what that fucking stunt is. I've sp seen Speed 2 and I cannot remember <laughs> that stunt. So I think that's even worse. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Uh, many interior scenes were shot in sound stages. Mm. Okay, the film was released on uh, in 1997 to negative reviews. The mm. acting, story and characters <laughs> attracted the most. <laughs> okay, right, well, so the what acting, else? The story and the characters, right? Yeah. As well as the absence of Reeves. Isn't that you know you're a star then yeah. when people say yeah. that was the biggest critique? Yeah. Where was Keanu? Uh, and it's setting on a slow moving cruise ship. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's 
<laughs> so it's yeah, it's not a military boat; it's a cruise ship. Yeah, hence the cruise colon control. cruise control. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious because it does literally go against the entire premise mm. of a speed film. Yeah, which is like high speeds, speed. high stakes. <laughs> it's right there in the name. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. Speed too, slow down. <laughs> Roger Ebert defended the film. <laughs> I mean, also, the one thing that if you had cruise control on the original bus would have been a lot easier not to go <laughs> under the speed limit. Totally. <laughs> uh, uh, Roger Ebert said, it's a truly rousing Osha Liner adventure story. The film was a bomb, earning $164 million against a budget uh, of $160 million. So you've got to make twice your money back. Uh, one of the well, that, that was the original reveal from the original speed is that when they said they had a bomb on the bus, they meant they had a copy of the script <laughs> to speed too. <laughs> so, okay, so Alex Shaw is the new hero. He's uh, the new Keanu. All right. He's on a motorcycle chasing a vehicle with stolen goods. Right. So it's high speed beginning. Yeah, okay. Right. So you've, Great. you've just bought a ticket. You love Beautiful. the first speed. You know what I love? Down. Speed. Yeah. And this is going to be even speedier. <laughs> After he catches the driver of the vehicle, his girlfriend, Annie Porter, Runs into him during her driving test. Oh yeah, because she was she lost her license. That's over, right. Call in the first. It's one, one of the funny things about the original. That's right. She finds out that Alex is on the SWAT team mm-hmm. after he lied and told her that he was a beach officer. This is a bizarre opening to a film, and it's all it's it like it already feels like now he's a beach officer. Let's get some sort of Keanu Point Break yeah. vibes into this character as well. But it is is it also unusual that mm. like. They fell in love by the end of the film and he was a police officer. So clearly she's broken up with this cop and has just met Uh, another cop cop who kind of looks a bit like your ex-boyfriend. She got blue fever, that's what she (laughs) got. Don't you think if you're a friend of Annie's, you would say at some point... Annie, are you okay? Are you you okay, okay, Annie? Annie? (laughs) But your new boyfriend is like a knockoff version of your last boyfriend. She goes, I know, I wanted the other one as well, but (laughs) he said no. (laughs) Smarter than he looks. A lot of people think he's dumb because he sounds like a surfer. Um, Okay, so after an apology, Uh Alex surprises her with a ticket for the Caribbean cruise on the Seabourn Legend. However, aboard the ship, deranged passenger John Geiger... A former employee of the cruise ship company, a oh, disgruntled yeah. former employee. What what was his job? Do we know what his job was previously at the cruise company? No, but I imagine accountant. What did, did the books? He and he says he they called to, him the Geiger counter. <laughs> I think it would have to be something tech because it says he okay. hacks into the ship's computer right, system. Yes. And the following evening, he sabotages the ship's communication systems and kills Captain Pollard. After remotely shutting down the ship's engines, Geiger calls the bridge to tell the first officer, Juliano, that the Pollard is dead, then he is in charge. So it's like Captain Roberts. What was it? Yeah, pirate, uh, the uh, Captain... Oh, what was that film called? Captain Johnson? <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> What's that film? The film's called I'm the captain now. <laughs> it's that not film? called... That is the only line I remember. Captain... Roberts? Phillips. Phillips. No, Captain... Um, Oh, what is it called? Captain... Captain Roberts, isn't it? Is it? Captain that doesn't sound right, though. Captain like, it might Forrest? be, but... Uh, Tom Hanks. Let's get some water while you look. Okay. Tom Hanks. Captain... Captain Phillips. Okay, so he says that, guy. Mm. that he's the captain. Well, that's apparently what works, Charlie. We've, yeah. we've solved our, we've solved our <laughs> dilemma of what happens if, if the captain's asleep and somebody needs to make a decision. All somebody has to say is, I am the captain now. I am the captain now. Yeah. Uh, Juliano is ordered by Geiger to evacuate the ship. Uh, Geiger steals jewellery from the vault 
as the passengers evacuate Drew, Okay, so this is his plan. It's a heist. Heist. But it's, okay. it looks like he wants it to be a bloodless coup. He uh-huh. wants to get everyone off so he can just steal the jewels. Okay. Um, but as the passengers evacuate, Drew, a young deaf girl, becomes trapped in an elevator. Oh, mm-hmm. the, you remember yeah. the first uh, speed start to the elevator? That's how they introduced oh, Jack Traven. Yes, of It's course. like, it's, it's one of Keanu's best lines yeah. where... They're getting a brief from their SWAT mm. team leader who's like, you know, if the explosives go off, the elevator's going to hit, you know, the elevator's going to fall. And one guy's like, is there anything to break the fall? And Keanu goes, yeah, the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so they've thought that an elevator scene like, is that's what necessary? I feel like. It's a little nod, don't you? Yeah, reckon? okay, maybe. Right. But, well, this is a classic case of. You know what people liked about the original film? The elevator. The elevator. <laughs> We can't get Keanu, but the good news is we've got the elevator. People love Jeff Daniels, but we killed him off. Is there an actor called Daniels Jeff? (laughs) Daniel Jeffs. Uh, So um, she gets caught in an elevator with a group of people. Oh, there's another group of people trapped Uh behind fire doors. As Annie and Alex attempt to board the last lifeboat, Geiger programs a ship to continue sailing. Mm. When the winch lowering the lifeboat jams, Alex jumps into the boat to rescue the passengers while Annie and Juliana use a ship's gangplank to get them back on deck. Mm-hmm. You know how you hate space films? Yeah. I hate boat films. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm already bored reading this. I don't give a fuck about I any of this. Yeah, i got to be honest with you. I, face, I actually zoned <laughs> out a little bit as well. I was like, is this the plot of this movie, them getting people on or off a boat? Because that's what it sounds like. like. After realising that he's in control of the ship mm. um, and armed with skeet guns, Mm-hmm. It's like a skate gun. Yeah. <laughs> skate scene. <laughs> what is a skate gun? They shoot? bought them from Lil John, I believe. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, he goes with Juliano to the cabin. Geiger detonates explosives. Annie and Dante, the ship's uh-huh. photographer, who oh, all these unnecessary because it's the on the bus. You mean? Oh, all, yes, that's right. And also they're trying to do it again. You know yeah. what people love? In the first <laughs> uh, minor characters. The minor characters. <laughs> Annie uses a chainsaw to cut the door open, yeah. let them out. Alex orders the navigator uh, Mercy oh. Oh, yeah, right. to flood the ship and slow it down by opening the so again. Oh, so the idea is the boat is speeding towards uh, the tenuous link to this being a speed movie is the boat is speeding towards, towards like crashing on this island and yeah. they've got to try to stop the boat from crashing. Right, yes. Yeah. So that's a ticking clock, the yeah. metaphorical ticking clock. Yeah, says, they've got to get everybody slow. off board before the boat crashes or stop the boat from crashing. Yes, which is just not as exciting. It's no, it's not. Uh, so as the ship floods, Alex sees Drew on the monitor, so the girl in the elevator, um, and he goes to save her. Alex then notices Geiger leaving the vault and holds him at gunpoint. But he escapes. Geiger explains that he designed it. Oh my God, this is so oh, fucking boring. So boring. <laughs> that Geiger, he, he designed the ship's autopilot system. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. And he's taking revenge cruise against control. the cruise ship. Yeah. Why, why did they, uh, why did they fire him? Oh my God, this is too much, man. Just it's the most boring. Move on. <laughs> Just move on. He was fired yeah. after he contracted copper poisoning. Yeah, all right. That's an oddly specific Like if thing. I got copper poisoning from the ABC, if it just got revealed that like the, the Ultimo building in Sydney has been giving me copper poisoning for the last 25 years that I've worked there, I'd just be like, all right, you know what? You gave me some free coffees as well. It <laughs> seems like a fucking fair deal. And I did challenge your publicity department quite a few oh, times. A lot. I was Appar- doing interviews from my closet. <laughs> Apparently I challenged them today. There's some, like I made a joke on the show last week about how uh, we were talking about uh, um, adult sex toys. Mm. And uh, they were saying that they're, pitching them now to older women um, because like women live longer than men and obviously you know 
um, you know, women end up sometimes by themselves and they want to be able to like satisfy themselves sexually. And I said, this is a great opportunity for the ABC. We should launch a product called the Ita Butt Rose. <laughs> and I thought that was a That's pretty nice joke, but apparently I'm getting in trouble for that today. Really? Yeah, in the papers. That's so tame. Yeah. And she pro- I, I mean, also agree. If your name is Butt Rose. I mean, not the worst joke you've ever heard. No, but also, uh, also it's been done quite also a bit not, in her life. I was going to say, also not... Anyway, it does not matter. <laughs> and like, it is literally ridiculous. You're right. But I would say, here's what I wouldn't do. Steal everybody's lunch and burn down the ABC <laughs> building. <laughs> I feel like this dude is overreacting, is my point. Uh, so Alex decides to stop this shit by diving underneath it and jamming the propeller with a steel cable. Because, well, you remember in the first one, Will uh, counter gets under the bus. You know what people liked? Him Keep going under the vehicle. Under things. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got that too. <laughs> Uh, Gaga realizes this is happening, so he jams the cable with a winch while he's underwater, uh-huh. causing to break the ship off and free the cable. Oh, Who cares? God. To avoid the collision with the oil, we're in the last paragraph. Yeah, uh, to avoid God. the collision with the oil tanker, <laughs> Alex and Dante go to the ship's bilge and yeah. use a, a bow thrusters to turn it. Oh my God! This, I just like, this is so this is boring. boring. <laughs> like, imagine trying to like block this scene. Ugh. It's like, okay, so Sandy, so by the you start over here, you look out the window, and go, oh, you're going to run over and press uh, that button. And how are we going to make uh, this exciting? <laughs> Me pressing a button. Like, what's the tension here? No, Can no. we see how fast things are moving out the yeah, windows? No, no, because we're really. in the we're bottom on, of the ship, so there's no And to be honest, mostly on a sound stage. <laughs> there's no actual danger. So uh, the ship oh. screeches down the side of the tanker, uh-huh. but manages to withstand the damage, then heads straight into a marina, yeah. then crashes into the St. Martin town and eventually stops. I mean, this is also, you talk about the idea of stakes, which is like a bus like out of control on like a busy highway. We all get the stakes of that. We all drive bus buses every day and we understand like the danger of that situation. That's immediately dangerous to most of the people who are sitting in the audience. Whereas mm. like boats, who the fuck cares if a couple of these rich assholes lose their boats? Like yeah. the stakes of this movie are so... And who's been... I've never been on a cruise ship, have you? No, dear God, no. You, no. Know, you know those there's lists that go around like Twitter of like, what's your... Nu- Here's a list of 25 things. You your number is the number of these things that you haven't done. Yeah. Um, one of those went around like a year or so ago and the only thing that I had not done on the list was going on the cruise ship and I yeah. knew that I would never complete that list because I am never going on a cruise ship. My brother's boyfriend worked on a cruise ship for like six years. We, we had dinner the other night and he was telling me mm. about it and he was like, oh, I know, it was a, he, was a, he started working there when he was 19 and he said it's a great way to, you know, get out and mm. see the world. He's been to Alaska mm. and I was like, but... When you're on the ship, mm. like I just feel to me, there's a bit of claustrophobia about it. This idea of not being able to, I know you dock every yeah. couple of days, but there's, he was saying that often what happens is men mainly retirees, um, maybe widow, mm. widowers or whatever will just move onto the boats. Right. They'll just live permanently on the boats yeah. and they'll just go and they'll gamble or mm. just wander around. What happens at say stays at sea. But I'm like, that's to me sounds like Hotel California. You know, you can check in, but you'll never check out. Yeah. Like it's a, the same day, just again and again, you know, Groundhog Day, you just yeah. hear the same music as you walk down the hall. Like, same buffet. Same buffet. <laughs> you know, and occasionally you'll dock somewhere and you can go yeah. into some protected zone where the laws don't apply. <laughs> you can just go kill a homeless person and stuff. They'll let you do it. They'll let you do it. If you live on the boat, yeah. if you have no permanent address, they will let you, which already is a more interesting movie than the one they made us sit through with Speed 2, by the, the way. The only bo- good boat yeah. film, I reckon, is Dead Calm. That is one boat film. I'm like, okay, that's a cool little thriller. Now, Under Siege is a good movie. 
Because it's mostly it? not a bit, well, no, it's not a good movie, but it's a very entertaining I don't, popcorn. I know I've seen it. I remember the era, Erica Elikin, Eliniac yeah. scene yeah. very clearly from being a very impressionable 14-year-old boy. Or I mean, Tommy Lee out. Jones, literally, I think the boat starts sinking because he chewed so much of the scenery that yeah. there was holes in the boat. But That, that was the peak of Seagal's, like... Yeah, it was. His, I think that's his best. Like his best movie, you okay. know. I mean, yeah. his best popcorn, like you know, action guy. Well, that was when he was at the peak of his. Mm. Like he was arrivaled at <clears throat> Stallone and Willis and all that kind of. Have stuff. you listened to the three part dollar? I've only listened to the first two parts, <laughs> but it's amazing. I love the idea that in the first episode they talk yeah. about us um, telling Jem about it, how they did a screen test. That agent just fell in love with him. Yeah. And they did that screen test and they're like, oh, his voice is really like squeaky and yeah. irritating. And so they developed the whisper. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that makes complete sense now. Why he delivers everything in that kind of husky whisper. I like to think that he still talks in the squeaky voice though. Yeah. You know, like in, like when he's at home. Yeah. <laughs> when he relaxes, <laughs> shakes out the hair, I've talks seen in his squeaky voice. I've seen a few. Um, uh, Bob Odenkirk has mm. talked a lot about He was a head writer or a writer on SNL when... You know, there's oh, that yeah, famous, the famous, yeah. So they've never shown it again. No. <laughs> Where it was like uh, Seagal came on, and the uh, the guest star gets like creative control or approval on the sketches, yeah. and he was just like, could not. There was no. There was one where they wanted him, the Hans and Franz bodybuilders. And he was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I have to beat them up at the end. Yeah. I can't be shown to be weaker than them. And they're like, that is not the point of a sketch. <laughs> like, we're lampooning. Like muscle men, it's not about like proven alpha male. Well, there's this, there is a clip from it that went viral. The, 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 the climate change. This is the yeah. one where you don't look after the environment, where he beats everyone up and then just like yeah. it's. Well, but the way Odenkirk tells that yeah. story is like people immediately because mm. the whole he brought in a bunch of his stuntmen pals. So when the sketch starts, mm. like regular SNL viewers are like, "Where's the cast?" Right. Like none of these guys are the regular cast members. So that's automatic automatically put it off, and then. He just it just turns into a fight scene where he starts throwing these guys over and then does like a down the barrel monologue to the camera about this is what happens when you abuse the the environment. I mean, he's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I look. I mean, boat movies in. I mean, Titanic obviously was is Titanic pre this or post this? Post this, isn't it? Uh, post it because yeah, they're not 99. trying to cash in on any Titanic vibes. No. Titanic's really it, isn't it, when it comes to... The king of boat movies. The hunt, submar Are submarine movies boat movies? Do you count submarine movies as being the same as no. boat movies? No. Submarine movies, because generally they're like contained yeah. thrillers. And that's why I put mm. Dead Calm more in that category as well. I, when I say boat films, mm -hmm. whenever I hear tin drums, and there's like a sailing montage, uh -huh. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about any of this shit. Yeah, I, I think I agree. In general. Yeah. Like in principle like in general space and boats. I'm, I'm Is Jaws a boat movie? No. That's big, a big monster movie. Uh, Jaws is a we're gonna need a bigger boat movie. <laughs> <laughs> Master and Commander, is that yeah. a boat movie? Uh yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Ship. Pirate movie. It's yeah, but they don't call them pirate boats, they call them pirate ships, pirate right? Ship. So that's a ship, ship movie. movie. I'm actually yeah. trying to think of like, is there a genre of like, there are not a lot of films set on boats, are there? So Titanic would be the biggie. And then, is there any like romantic comedies or anything? Oh yeah, there's got to be a romantic comedy set on a boat. And if not, then we have to... 
Overboard? Ride it. Oh, yeah. That okay. starts on a boat. Yeah. Films set on boats. <laughs> That's going to be like a thousand. Um, all right. Uh, okay. Well, I'm just going to go with this is the 10 best boat movies of all time. Is this list? Oh, this would be interesting. Oh, and this is from Discover Boating. Like, so this is they not know like, their shit. <laughs> yeah, good. This is not some Hollywood list of the 10 best boat movies. This is the good people at Discover Boating who've decided to list the 10 best boat movies of all time. Interesting. Uh, it will answer, at least from the people at Discover Boating, one of the questions that you asked uh, a minute ago. Um, so, okay. Uh, all right. The 10 best boat movies to binge watch, according to the good people at... Um, now, I don't think oh you would God. be able That's to... That's my idea of hell. If you caught up with a mate and he was like, you know what we're going to do tonight? Binge watch <laughs> binge boat watch movies. Binge watch boat movies. <laughs> we're on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, here we go. So this is their binge watching... Um, okay, so... I don't think you're going to be able to guess the first one. I will say Kurt Russell's in it, and I'm not sure that will even... Oh. Kurt Russell's in it. Is it uh, a new or old? It's a 1992 movie, I believe. Kurt um, Russell on a It boat. has... So, uh, okay. The, the first... Um, we were guessing uh, before whether it was Phil. Oh, Captain or Ron. Captain Ron. Well done. That's so, okay, that's a boat. That's, that is definitely one of the... Dun, 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 dun. I bet you there's a scene in that where Captain Ron sets sail and they do like a helicopter shot and you hear a tin drum playing. Now, the good people that Discover Boating have just written a paragraph about each of these okay, movies. Right. So I think that's like the right amount for us to be able to read through. Mandatory watching for any sailor. So this okay. is, is I this love really this perspective. Captain Ron. Yeah. Captain Ron with Kurt Russell is remarkably accurate from a technical standpoint. Oh. Except I love that this is all through the eyes. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the boating's good enough. That was clearly not a four knot. It was a uh, except for one glaring piece of silliness that relates to sailboats. See if you can spot it. <laughs> but do they tell us what it is? No. Oh, man. All right, Any maybe. sailor worth his or her salt has most of the key lines memorised. <laughs> really? Jem's dad is a sailor. He's going yeah. to stay with us in a couple of weeks. I'm going to ask him. Just, I, knows it. Bit of I heard you guys like this. <laughs> <laughs> and despite its goofiness, there are a few scenes in this film will ring remarkably true for anyone who spent time on an old boat. Okay. There you go. I would not have ever guessed Captain Ron. Now, uh, number two on this list is a 2019 film that I don't think you will okay. know. Oh, in fact, it's a documentary. Oh, uh, okay. A fascinating 2019 documentary about Tracy Edwards and her all-women crew in the 1989 Whitbread Round, The World Race. Uh, it's called Maiden. You can't beat this true story for grit and an important history lesson. There's a bit of humour as well. Great fashions and bad moustaches of the time. <laughs> Okay, not as much to do with sailing, that one. Um, all right, uh, number three on this list, 2018 film, uh, Adrift. You probably wouldn't know that Adrift. either. Do you know Adrift? I think I do. Madonna's in that, isn't it? Mm, no? No. Oh, oh, I don't know. It doesn't... Oh, no, that's shipwrecked. Yeah, okay. So let's see if I can find one. I don't know if you would know this. Okay, so number five on the list... Not exactly a chuckle fest. It's based on a real tragedy from the 1960s. Ooh. Jeff Bridges as the stalwart captain in charge of a training vessel and a bunch of wealthy white new... Squall? White squall. Correct. Uh, uh, when disaster strikes, it's an uncomfortable study of what it means to be a captain. Ah. So there you go. Maybe we, we, need, we to need to watch, to watch White, White Squall. <laughs> work out when you can open or shut a door. Uh, all right. Now, 1992, again, big year for boat movies, apparently. 
Um, so is a movie that starred Matthew Modine and Jennifer Grey. Oh, I do know this. Yes. It's about the America's Cup. Yes. Mixed with a real cast of America's Cup races yeah. and thespians like Matthew Modine and Jennifer Grey. Uh, this tale of competitive drama. The plot is thin, the dialogue is stilted, and the acting is at times cringeworthy. <laughs> but it's in our top ten list. But the cinematography is phenomenal. Right, you okay. can't beat this movie for sheer beauty. What's it called? Uh, it's not called Earth and it's not called Fire. Wind. It is called Wind. That's a terrible name for a film. It no, really reckon? is. Yeah. I don't think anyone... And people are going, I want to see that movie Wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blows, blow. <laughs> um, all right, uh, this one you have Wind already blows. mentioned. That was definitely a headline, wasn't it? So, uh, the, out of the last four, there are yes, okay. You, well, you've you've mentioned one of them already at least. Okay. So, uh, more in the horror genre. Oh, well, I, I don't know. If, yeah, it's kind of horror. It's thriller. Uh, like with a monster? No. Okay. With a ghost? No. Okay. Horrific events. It's dead calm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a thriller for sure. More in the horror genre. They oh, they're say. saying that. Yeah. They yeah. don't know what they're fucking yeah. talking about. Yes. Uh, with Nicole Kidman and Sam Neill cruising a remote stretch of the South Pacific when they come across the evil Billy Zane. This one's full of completely improbable scenarios. Oh. Sailing inaccuracies. <laughs> you know why I love Dead Calm? Because it has nothing to do with boats. That's my favourite boat movie and it's the one the boat lovers hate. And young Kidman's bizarre perm. What? Yeah. She's got curly hair. It's yeah. bizarre. Some Americans, they don't know BMX bandits Nicole like we know Nicole. Exactly. She's always had curly hair. Now She you straightens are, it for you guys. You asked the question, Charlie, mm. is Jaws a boat movie? Well, according to the people that discover boating... It is indeed a boat movie. Okay, good. Spielberg's major directorial debut can't be more iconic and quotes from Jaws can be entertaining at happy hour. If you get a chance, watch the two-hour making... Can I ask you a question, yes, sorry? Please, on semantics. Yes. They're saying it's his major directorial debut. It was not, in fact, his first film. Are they getting away with it because they're saying it's his major directorial debut? Well, I believe that's why they put major in there. But do you think that's, that's cheating, right? I mean, I don't know how the good people who discover voting operate when it comes to... I think they're adding a When you talk of, about your first yeah. ever like stand, solo yeah. stand-up uh -huh. show... Oh, interesting. Okay, well, good example. Yeah. So I have like... Okay, so my first ever solo stand-up show was called Diet Life. The next year I did the first of the 25 Will Pun shows that I have done. I right. am the Will Riss. So that is your first major stand-up yeah, <laughs> solo so. major stand yeah, I think, you know... You're going to cut them some slack. In that same way. Okay, I sure. think there's a little window there. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right. Um, okay, so uh, what they say about Jaws is um, if you get the chance, watch the two-hour making of this film as well to appreciate the end product. Not sure. everyone will see this movie as a comedy, but if you watch closely, you'll see a bit of humour. I think there's a bit, fair bit of comedy in it. Mm -hmm. Well, not everyone thinks that, apparently. Yeah. Uh, another Captain movie, as mentioned earlier, Captain Phillips makes the list. In 2009, the US flagged container uh, uh, Maersk, Alabama, was taken over by Somali pirates. Tom Hanks convincingly plays the captain during this hostage drama that was made into an award-winning feature film in 2013. This portrayal of leadership during, the most, during its most... Uh, oh, I can't read that uh taught moments and then finally on their list um an alfred hitchcock finally a classic thriller from alfred hitchcock based on a john steinbeck novel 
you know what this is? Mm, yeah, lifeboat. Lifeboat. Well done. Yeah. After a German U-boat sinks a passenger ship. One of them's a Nazi. The survivors crowd into a lifeboat along with a German officer they pull from the water. You will not find a more convincing study of group dynamics and human nature than this well-crafted 1944 award winner. It's a good film. That would be, you could do Lifeboat now as a play. It's just one of those things. It's all about characters and cat and mouse games and one of these people is not who they say they are. Potentially the guy who says things nine. Hi <laughs> 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 Hitler. Hi <Heil> Hitler. <laughs> we have to find the Nazi. <laughs> what about the guy with the swastika on his arm? I don't know. Let's not jump to conclusions. Yeah. Right? Let's not profile people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's what I will say. The final line of this article I just think yes. is very important to the conversation we've been having. There are probably 50 other nautical films that are well worth watching. So start with these and you may soon become a seafaring movie buff. So there you go. I don't want to. No, me neither. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Um, I do think it is telling that mm-hmm. the my favourite film amongst those is the one that real sailors would go, this sucks. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get to the mailbag. Okay. Before we do that, we should plug a few things. Um, mm. We have a YouTube channel. You won't be seeing this episode because we've gone old school. There'll be no video for this episode. But every week we put clips up, highlights from the show. And if you want to see full episodes of the show, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash We've had a boon of people signing up at the top level. Amazing, incredible. Like it used to be that I could check it every mm. few months and I'd send some posters out, but I have to check it like every week now because more and more people are signing up at the top level, which is extraordinary. We really appreciate that. And I know some people are moving over from philosophy as well. And that's great because there's so much cool stuff that you can unlock. And if there's anyone still on the philosophy page, I would recommend you just put your money on the TOEFOP page just because you get access to the all the extra bonus content and we're going to do another episode today and there's yep. all James Forsdyke's art. and Anyway, there's so much back catalogue stuff there that it's well worth signing up. Uh, at the top level, you get the signposters. Yeah. Now, on that, um, I did have a listener get in mm-hmm. contact because we had Adam Spencer on the show a few mm-hmm. weeks back because uh, I saw he'd oh, signed yeah. up at the top level. And Adam said, mm-hmm. I'm happy for you to donate my poster to someone. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can even forge my signature. Yes. And so I had a guy sign up at the top mm. level, but he didn't leave his address. So I contacted him to say, hey, man, like um, just checking uh, the one of the posters because he said, oh, I'd love to get my hands on that Adam Spencer poster. Mm. And I said, so are you saying you want, just to be clear, it's mm. Will and I's signature and then a forged Adam? And he's like, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Mm. Now, on the podcast, mm. you said, oh, I'm pretty good at mm-hmm. forging Adam's signature. But it's unlikely you're going to have time or be near the mm-hmm. posters to mm-hmm. sign them. Does it matter if I forge it? Even though what he heard and what mm-hmm. he is signed up for is the forged signature. But it, a forgery is a forgery, right? Does it matter if you forge or I forge it? I. That's a very good question. And I love... What are the ethics of that? Yeah. Like, because it's already a forgery. You can't be like, yeah, but I thought this forgery was from a... Different forger. Yeah. This is not what I... Oh, hang on. We're back in the crypto world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think you can forge it. Absolutely. In fact, I think that's worth even more. Why? Because you're going to have... It's more rare. And yeah, because my take would be the based actual... on... It wouldn't be the actual, but, but it would be based on... Oh, at well, least... I was going to ask you to, if you could send me like a... No, I think it's better if you just... Guess what Adam... Yes, because that to me is... And also for Adam's security... You don't want to be just willy-nilly handing out his signature all over the place. Whereas oh, you, point. Whereas do you, you, when you autograph something, you don't sign your signature, do you? I mean, I don't, yeah. but I don't know what Adam does. 
Well, I think most people who have autographed things would don't mm. sign their actual signature. And I've got to be honest with you, I am only really thinking about Adam's poster. Like, yeah, when like he's he's, I, I don't think I know what his actual signature. I mean, that is would anyway. be creepy. If you did. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I mean, I can forge Gemma's yeah. signature. I have forged Gemma's name on things that just to, for expediency's sake. I'll just oh, just yeah, I mean, online. I mean, now, come on, like with e-signing e- things. Yeah. Like, and the amount of times where I sign for something and they're like, could you sign on this thing? And you just, I just wave my finger, <laughs> like, at the page and they're like, great. Yeah, they're like- <laughs> Speaking of Spence, he's uh, got in contact with us. Okay, great. Uh, Spence, love you. Thank you for supporting us. Yes, thank uh, you. You're giving us hard-earned money. Uh, Dear Gardens, the Tofopperverse. Loved last week's mailbag for two reasons. The awesome plug for my number one bestseller, Adam yes. Spencer's Big Book of Numbers. Which, like many of my bestsellers, is available, signed copies no less, from adamspencer.com.au. Oh, so, so just buy a copy of the book. You'll get his actual signature. Yeah. Uh, use the promo code TOFOP mm-hmm. for 25% of all purchases. Are you serious? Yeah. We've got a promo code on his. I know. Do we get a kickback? <laughs> no, that's good. We, our, the kickback we get is that... That he's signed up at the highest level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now he's using it to... <laughs> hang on, this is clever. Very, he's very a smart clever. man. <laughs> Uh, your correspondent pointing to the beauty of the mathematics underpinning the leap year is even more beautiful, the leap second. Okay. Long term, the Earth's spin is slowing down. Hundreds of millions of years ago, a day was more like 22 hours yeah. than 24. Right. But on average, a day on Earth is not exactly 24 hours. It is about 0.002 seconds longer than that. Mm. So on average, every 1.5 years, the Earth's spin and our atomic clocks are out by about one second. Uh-huh. But this doesn't happen uniformly. The effect of the moon, the uneven molten core at the Earth's centre, mm-hmm. tides, winds and weather patterns all means no two days on Earth are exactly the same wow. length. Kind of like your legs. Okay. It's the only, this is too smart for me. The only analogy I can come up with is legs. When the Earth's position and our clocks fall out by a full second, scientists add a leap second. So at midnight on New Year's Eve 2016 to tw- into 2017 and before June 30th, 2015, the clocks did not count 11.59 and 57 seconds, 58, 59, 12. They instead went 11.59, 57, 58, 59, so up and down, uh, sorry, down and up, uh, 11.59.6 and then 12 midnight. This put our clocks and the earth back in line. No announcement yet as to when the next leap second will be, but it will not be at the end of this month. I'll let you know the moment one is announced, yours and leap seconds, the Spence. I mean, the fact that the scientists just fucking snake that in without even... It feels a bit know. sneaky, doesn't it? We should yeah. know that we've cheated a second. Yeah. That we're actually older. Could have done something with us. We're older or that makes <laughs> like one second older than we actually... No. We are absolutely not. Well, I guess only in the way that we... No. I mean, no. So does that mean, like, if time travel was real, yeah. the leap seconds fuck with your calculations? Yeah, that's, imagine that. You know everything else about time travel, but Except you forget to in take into leap seconds. <laughs> they count the you clock were up there, and down. You were there two and a half seconds too late to kill Hitler. Well, my, <laughs> my question to you, time traveller, is why did you cut it so fine? <laughs> like, why did you leave it down to seconds? Go a full week before the event you're trying to prevent. No, I'd die. It's wartime. Oh, yeah, like there's a real point. chance yeah. I'd be killed in a week. You've got to, like, if I'm going to get back there and kill Hitler, then I've got to, like, there's got to be a window. I've got to get into town with enough time to kill Hitler, but not They'd so not much time that I will Nazis. actually be caught by the Nazis. You'll be on a lifeboat. Right. <laughs> You'll be wearing a swastika <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait a minute. 
Uh, this is from Daniel. Mm. Uh, he's talking about the music festival Splendor and the gr- gr- oh, yeah. Grass. My yeah. wife and I are driving to Byron um, for the first time. Now that you guys are locals mm. in the area, where should we go for some food or drink in the area on our way up or while we're in Byron but not at Splendor? Um, there is a great... Oh, God. There is a town on the way between Sydney and Byron. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's like past Newcastle. It's a little surfy town. And they've got a hotel there that's rock and roll themed. Gemma and I oh. stayed there. So you can stay in like the David Bowie room. There's a Tenacious D room. Like it's, it's really cool. And they have like a, a really great setup. It's on the beach. Um, and they have like great food and great restaurant. I'll, when I, I'll, I'll find out what it is after we record and I'll put it on, um, on Twitter. That's my recommendation if you're doing a big road trip. I there. did that road trip yesterday in reverse and I had the dogs in the car. And I will say this. Like, so when you, you can kind of bypass Coffs Harbour now, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the freeway sort of goes, you know, through the edge of town. But I highly recommend where Coffs Harbour is still, you still got about two and a half, three hours of your drive left. And the harbour at Coffs Harbour, you know, down by the mm. beach and that entire area down there is beautiful. Yeah. It's such a beautiful beach down there. Like, if you've got, like, I mean, you're probably not taking your dogs to Splendour in the grass, but like, you know, for me, like there's parkland down there. There's like you know, a whole bunch of little caravans with food and coffee and stuff. And it's just actually really peaceful and beautiful. And a giant banana, of course. Um, Oliver has written in, G'day lads, I'm another teabagger that started listening far younger than I should have been back in the pre-home and away days. Oh, oh gee. It turns out the old dick jokes you warn new listeners about is rather appealing to a 14-year-old mm. boy's sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, at 24 years of age now, I just wanted to echo many of the other sentiments that people have s- expressed, particularly to early faux-fop episodes that prove very formative to my values about mental health, politics, respect towards women, etc. Certainly played a large part in who I am today. <laughs> and a hatred of boat films, hopefully, <laughs> after this episode. Uh, my potentially tantalising tidbit okay. is another bin-adequate quandary. Okay. When I was younger... While my parents were renovating our house, my DIY dad jackhammered up a lot of old concrete. Rather than pay for a skip, oh, mm. I love dads. Mm-hmm. My dad, the frugal man that he is, uh-huh. decided that he would just put the blocks of concrete yep. in the regular roadside bins. Mm-hmm. And by he would, it meant his 16-year-old son would. Right. Why else would you have kids? Yeah. <laughs> Except to <laughs> dole out this kind of responsibility. Yeah. So at 11 p.m. on bin nights, I was frequently roaming the streets with a wheelbarrow. Oh, no. <laughs> And concrete flocks, each weighing at least 10 kilos, and directed to dump them into my neighbor's bins. I genuinely wondered if the trucks would even be able to lift the bins up. Needless to say, 16-year-old me was rather appalled by having to do this. Yeah, absolutely. That's your father. That's a terrible lesson to teach your son. Dad's like, I don't want to get my fingerprints on this. (laughs) (laughs) The kid can go to jail. He's got his whole life in front He'll only go to juvie. It's fine. (laughs) So my question is, what is the bin etiquette regarding disposal of concrete? Is it better or worse than dog poo? Is this perfectly acceptable or was I rightfully appalled? And should my father have been reprimanded by our local neighbour? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. You don't even. You, yeah, that's, I, we that's don't even. Than, it's worse than dog poo. 100%. We don't need a co-captain on this. Yeah. We we don't need to wake up Charlie <laughs> to see what the right thing to do in this situation is. That is the wrong thing to do. I would argue it's wrong to put the concrete in your 100%. own bin. It does. It's not meant to go in there. It's no. not household waste. That has to go to the tip, mate. Because now some poor bastard at the mm. recycle centre is having to pick out chunk, 10 kilo chunks of concrete. Yeah. It's like, why is every fucking delivery coming with these separate 10 kilo chunks? No, that's bad. Yeah. You should, your dad should have taken that to the tip. 
100 percent yeah, yeah. No, and, and certainly not got you involved in his and crimes it, and it also fucks up um like those trucks because i mm. made the mistake quite innocently not with concrete but when we were doing gardening i removed a whole yeah. bunch of soil and i put that in the green mm. bin just expecting heavy. That i'd take it yeah but it's like they have i think they have like a 20 kilo mm. limit like well, the like handles will snap off yeah so you're <laughs> fucking up the truck as well yeah, your dad should be deeply... And how much does it cost to dump concrete at the tip? That would be easy. And by the way, this might not have even been the automated truck times. We're talking, like, what, eight years ago, nine yeah. years oh, ago. So some poor bastard. So some poor there. old dude is <laughs> running alongside a truck yeah. trying to... Pre-emphysema. He's got the cigarette in his lips. Rolly in one hand trying to do in his back. It never gets to be a garbo again because there's 20 kilos of concrete in the... Yeah. Bin. No, that's terrible. No, that's fucked up. And yeah. And yeah, he made it hard on everyone. Mm. Like it would have been so easy just to get your yeah. help to load that concrete into the back of the car and then take it to the tip. Mm. But he's made you walk around with a wheelbarrow, which by the way, like there's no discreet mm. discreetness with that. Like everyone's going to notice some teenager sneaking around the streets with a fucking wheelbarrow at night, even if it's been night. Yeah, I mean, and everyone's going to know in your neighborhood who it is. Because the guy who doesn't have any concrete anymore, (laughs) like it's going to be pretty obvious. It's not going to be like a mystery if one person, like if it's a dog, I know that you can find out the DNA of like dog poo. They could track that down, but, but there would be a fair amount of work to be done to work out who that culprit was. But like, if it's just like a lump of concrete from somebody's house, you could quickly scan the neighborhood and go, I reckon reckon it's that guy who has no driveway anymore. (laughs) driveway. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just do one all more. Right. This is from James. Uh, dear Colin Fop, and I don't know if that's uh, facetious. I think he genuinely thinks yeah. it's Colin Fop. Yeah. Uh, it's Colin Fop, as in Speed 2, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are ever looking for more to do, mm-hmm. no. Can I suggest a request to Fop commentaries? Oh, yeah. Like old DVD commentaries. Are they passe now? Do they not do commentaries for films anymore? Who? What? Well, do you Who does I guess you don't get DVDs anymore. Oh, Are movie commentaries a thing anymore? Interesting. That is actually a good question. Like, because no one really buys hardware. Because, like, because if oh, I could hardware, download uh, hardware, commentaries, yeah. I still think oh, that if you I could do it on streaming. I'd do it. Yeah, I still think that I would. I think for most things that if I could download like a commentary of the episode, that'd be. I bought. Fury Road on mm. like streaming, like a digital copy. And I'm pretty sure that has all the special features, mm. but I don't know if it's got a, a commentary. Interesting. Okay. Um, um, so like old DVD commentaries, except it's you guys talking through something where you're not particularly qualified to the task. So like a reaction video, essentially. Okay. I think we did talk about that. There was a Russell Crowe video you were obsessed with. Oh, yes. That I still am obsessed with. <laughs> well, we we'll should do that. Okay, we should do that. We'll do that. Yes. Yeah, uh, Yeah. okay, so we'll do a commentary. Uh, maybe Two Guys, One Cup could release a watch-along commentary track for a game in this year's finals. Mm. Well, that might be a bit much. Yeah. Um, or Fofop could get Guy Davison to do one of your deep-cut video store favourites. Oh, yeah. I okay. guess we could do that down the line. Mm. How would we do that? We'd have to watch it separately at our ends and, <sighs> and do it. Uh. I think that would be okay. Yeah, all right, I'll ask Guy if he's up for it. Yeah. It's just finding the time because it's two hours. That's, you know, when you've got a kid, that, that's a lot of time. Uh, maybe Podcast Mike wants to do a human centipede. Listen along. Mm. All right. He feels like he has time. I've never seen a human <laughs> centipede. Yeah. Maybe Podcast Mike and I will do a human centipede listen along. I yeah. don't think I want to watch it though. I don't think I've ever seen it. Would you want to see it? Not really. No. I don't think so. 
All right, Michael, I'll talk to you about this at a later point. Maybe there's a maybe we can do like a mini mini version, like yeah. a, a watch a YouTube highlights clip or something like that in yeah. your commentary. Uh, it might be nice for particularly lonely people who would like company to watch shit with. Oh, now oh. you feel guilty. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. Okay, all right, you know what? Yeah. Look, we will try... The problem with Will and I doing commentaries is yes. like we'd have to be in the same place watching something, but we're very rarely in the same place yes. these days. I mean, today is the only day we could yeah, have Yeah, but I have to go catch a in flight. In the last in year. Like, <laughs> and I have to go soon, so... Yeah, all yeah. right. We'll, we'll look, we'll talk about it. I mean, like all those great TOEFOP ideas, yeah. we never action. We'll, we'll, yeah. just, we'll add it to the pile. We'll add that to the pile of, yeah, great things that we'll never do. Um, okay, anyway, uh, just uh, one last question. Why do we address emails to Colin Fop again? <laughs> Uh, no, the joke was <laughs> to Tofop T O. When you look yeah. at an email, it's yeah. two colon two and then colon. the name of the person. We and we said it'd be funny if you just put fop two up the colon two, fop two colon fop, not colon mm. fop. Um, like everything about this show, it it's is convoluted. Convoluted, and, and people forget what the explanation is. Isn't that a thing about comedy? Like, if you're required to explain it, it's no longer funny. Yeah, that's our entire our premise of the show. Stick. Like, why do people email you this thing? Why do they always talk about bins? Oh, because yeah. blah, 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 blah. Anyway, yeah. The humour is not uh, readily available. Um, mm. um, yes, we're about to do a bonus episode. So if you want to get more TOEFOP action, uh, go to patreon.com. We also have another podcast called Two Guys, One Cup, which is exclusive on the listener. What's got wrong? You're looking at No, the, no, I'm just... Uh, we are recording? Yeah, we are recording. <laughs> just double-checking. I was double-checking, oh, and, yeah. and the sun was shining directly on the screen, right. which meant that I could not see anything and, and did slightly panic right. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the sun. Well, you're listening to this, so we obviously did record it. And yes, so go to patreon.com if you want to support us. Check out all the bonus material. If you can't afford us, uh, support us financially, please go to TOEFOP TV and check out some other free content and just like it, leave yeah. a comment, get our numbers up because that helps us sell Yeah, share it, share it around if you think somebody would like it, all of that stuff. So it's all there for free to be able to do that. And uh, on a FOFOP this week, uh, Ben Lee is my guest. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, He's ben, got his own podcast now. He does indeed. He and his wife are doing a podcast together, which we talk about on the episode. We also talk about his new album and his new single that is released, which I am in the video clip of. Really? Oh, just a little... It's an animated thing right. with a whole bunch of people's okay. heads. But but yes, including myself. Um, and uh, it's a good chat, actually. We talk a lot about cults and uh, his time in cults and the appeal of cults and then the cult of creativity. And it's uh -huh. a... Yeah, it's a... It's a Any talk of the Keanu-verse? <laughs> we didn't, actually. No, no. But um, yeah, it's, it's fun. All, awesome. all, yeah, it's a really fun episode. So check that out with Ben Lee. Okay, I'm Charlie Clawson. And I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.